What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And for the first time all season, Brett, we were wrong about an Arizona football prediction. The Wildcats went to Cal, and for a half, things looked great. Arizona was up at the half, 24-21. The offense was rolling. And then the third quarter happened, and it all went to hell. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd say the first half went great. <laughs> really? They were they were up. Uh, yeah, that's when you great. Give, when you give an 80-yard touchdown untouched running the ball on the second play from scrimmage on defense i don't know if that's great okay that that's fair the defensively was not great in the first half but offensively arizona was rolling jay Delora was finding receivers all over t-mac had a great touchdown in the back of the end zone just made up went up and made a play he was trusted to make that play and I, i'll be honest like at halftime i thought yeah arizona's winning this game because arizona was going to get the ball to start the second half they're up three. They're going to go down the field. They're going to be up 10. It's going to be that type of game. But Arizona has kind of spotted the points. And then Arizona, their first drive in the second half, they went four and out, got a first down on the first play, and then ended up punting right after that. Then Cal goes down and scores a touchdown. Arizona gets the ball back. Arizona goes three and out. Cal comes back and scores another touchdown. And, you know, there's no real sense in rehashing all of this, right? Like the defense was really bad. Um, I wrote for AZ Desert Swarm that I kind of blame the offense, too, and I get how that sounds, right? Arizona scored 31 points. That should be enough to win. Arizona had, what, like nearly five or 600 yards of total offense. Like their, Cal had 599. Arizona had 536 yards of total offense. That's a good performance. But what I was getting at was basically Arizona could have, if Arizona scores a touchdown at the beginning of the third quarter, it's a different game. Right. And in a situation where your defense cannot stop the other team, you can't let that defense stop you. And Arizona did not play well in the second half on offense. They scored seven points in the second half, 24 in the first 30 minutes, seven in the last 30. And they lost 49, 31. Like it was, it's not the offense's fault. They lost, but the offense didn't do what it needed to do to make up for the defense's shortcomings in that game. I feel like that's a hot take, Adam. <laughs> and I feel like it's such uh, if if you get 536 yards of total offense, score 31 points, uh, you're not the reason the team lost. And no. Especially when there wasn't like even the turnovers that were late. You know, I I there I think Jed Fish even said you can't score 18 points on one throw. Right. Mm-hmm. The the reason Arizona lost this game is 599 total yards, 354 yards rushing, 9.1 yards per play. That's why they lost end of story in my opinion like could the uh, offense have done better in the second half and would it have been a different game if they had scored on that opening drive i sure i mean games are iterative and they you know there's a butterfly effect of what happens in the context of a game but i mean also if arizona doesn't give up the 80 yard run on the second touch with jade not didn't even lay a finger on him oh it was bad like not not like not even, you know, <laughs> Jaden Delora wasn't the guy that Jaden Ott broke seven tackles on and dragged five guys through to the no, end zone. I, Delora, I thought, played great. I don't blame him for the interceptions. By the time he threw those, he had to force it. 
And he had to force it in part because the defense couldn't stop Cal. But even then in the fourth quarter, Arizona's defense did get a couple of stops and Arizona's offense didn't do anything with it. I'm not saying that if Cal had to score, like if Arizona had come down and score to make it a one, like a three point game or four point game, I'm sure Cal's offensive approach is different. I understand that. But the second half, Arizona offense was bad. Seven points, two turnovers, three turnovers, actually, because they had the fumble, too. So it just wasn't a good offensive performance in the second half in a game where you needed to have a good offensive performance because the defense wasn't getting the job done. That's where I go with that, because we know, and I've said this before, I think this team is going to win because of its offense. It has to win because of its offense. They're not going to win by their defense. This is not Desert Swarm. It may not even be last year's team. The defense is further away. Like, they got more reinforcements coming in. Next year, the recruiting class, I think, what, six of the top ten guys are defensive players. And, of course, they'll hit the transfer portal and all that. But the offense was rebuilt. We saw that. The same offense that scored 24 points in the first half scored seven in the second half. What happened? That's what I'm getting at. If Arizona matched their total, I guess they lose by one. But it's a different football game, right? That's They're going to win. Yeah. It's the offense. The offense has to pick up the defense more than the defense can be able to pick up the offense because the offense has the pieces to do it. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, and 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 now to defend your hot take, um, you know, a good offense helps set up a, de- a defense for success and vice versa, right? Like the defense gets some stops, the offense needs to keep them off the field after they do that, right? Especially a defense that looked bluntly a little bit worn down after that grueling, you know, enthralling win against North Dakota State, but like, you know, giving up twenty eight points is not because the just because the offense went, you know three and out on the opening oh, drive right i know um you know Jaden jay not doesn't get 274 yards and 14.4 yards per carry because uh you know the offense missed a first down on a drive or two right but it doesn't, doesn't help could arizona's offense put pressure on cal if arizona's up 10 to start the third quarter basically does cal's approach change if arizona's in the lead just they keep going back and forth, but Arizona maintains the lead. Does Cal's approach change? That's what I get at. Arizona's offense, I think, I'm really high on Arizona's offense. It's, yeah. like I'm, it's like I'm disappointing them because I know they can be better. But I look at their offense as a type that can put pressure on an opposing offense to keep up, which will then help the defense, which will allow the defense to have more chances for sacks, for turnovers, things like that. that that's what I get at. It's like I'm disappointed in the offense because I know the offense can be better. Yeah, I guess, I mean... To counter that point, did would Cal's approach have changed if the offense was better? They were having a lot of success running the ball, and they maintained running the ball when they were behind or ahead, right? So, like, I'm I'm not sure it fundamentally shifted the game that much. It was just the defense didn't execute. And my my bigger concerns, um, you know, I think we talked in the last couple of weeks where. You know, you hope the defense, you see some times when they needed stops, they got stops. And maybe you see them learning lessons from some of these games against Mississippi State, against North Dakota State. That that didn't show up on the field uh, against Cal. If anything, they looked, um, you know, tired and slow. And the the rotation, especially at some spots, um, you know, I'm starting to get at least a little mildly concerned about either the quality of the players or questioning the coaching staff of, you know, I would have thought Tyler, guys like Tyler Martin, if you're going to play a freshman at linebacker against North Dakota State, he seemed that seemed like a game for him, and he, he didn't get on the field. Well, I guess right? they're converting him to defensive end too, so that's kind of well, the issue there. But that, that's yeah, actually a good. You got to win. Get, you got to win today, though. And that's a good way to kind of frame this because through four games now, Arizona is two and two, and when the season started, you would take that two and two, especially with the way oh, the absolutely. schedule worked out. Because they were two and one, 
going into the Cal game, there was a thought that, and we we agreed. We thought Arizona would beat Cal because like, oh, their offense isn't going to be able to do that. They're not going to, you know, Arizona's a better chance of outscoring Cal than Cal does of outscoring Arizona. And whoops, so like that happened. And the question is, do you look at that game and say, ooh? And this isn't like because we were a week ago. We're talking about ooh, if Arizona wins this game, a bowl might be a possibility. Now they get housed in this one. The defense is just dreadful. And it's like, whoa, these are con- their concerns. And that's where every game for a team like this, you kind of look at what does it tell us about this team? Defense, I don't, I mean, they weren't great last year defensively. They weren't great the year before. They haven't been good on defense in, what, eight years? And even like the 2014 team, it gave up like almost 30 points a game. So like defense, they don't have the numbers. They don't have the linebackers. Like we're seeing that. Like I like Jacob Manu but he should not be starting as a true freshman. He's not this physically right. gifted freak. You know, I like him. I think he's going to be a good player for Arizona, but that's a situation where some, a freshman is playing probably because of a lack of better options. What happened to Malik Reed? Why can't he get out there? Amon Allen. I know he's smart, but why can't he get out there? And those are worrisome things. Right. And I know a giant Nansen talked about maybe trying to get more of a rotation in there this week, but we'll see. And does that mean is a rotation just have a rotation or is a rotation? These guys can help. And that's the concern, because if they can't help, then is this going to be the norm? Is what we saw against Cal. I mean, North Dakota State ran the ball pretty well against Arizona, too. We chalked it up to them being just a running team. Well, Cal's not that. Jaden Ott's good, but he's not that. You know. So is this to be expected? Is this what we can anticipate from Arizona's defense? Or, like, they have to be able to get a little better, right? Like, they have to. And, I mean, look at, you know, you talk about if the offense had had a couple of drives where they picked the defense up. I mean, if Jerry Roberts is almost incredible interception happened. <laughs> it was that so changes, close. That changes the game, right? But then Jerry Roberts, who's been clear, by far and away the best linebacker for Arizona, you know, he looks like a guy that needs to see some, some, you know, take a few plays off or he's just not going to last the whole season, right? Um, so it's, you know, I, you, I was hoping and maybe I was wish casting that you'd see some lessons being learned and some growth from some of the guys on the defense. Um, that did not show up in this game. And even maybe even more concerning Kel's O-line was, you know, not great. And they shuffled guys around and into new positions and they're picking up our, our, they're, they're picking up pull, you know, guards were pulling and hitting our linebackers and safeties. And there were, you know, there was almost no fight being shown half the time on the defensive side, um, which, you know, what is the root cause of that? I mean, I think everybody's speculated about it. Are they, do you need more rotation or is it just the talent's not there? I'm not, I'm not convinced we know. Um, you know, I do think that there's a there's an upcoming game that should be a get right game where you can give some guys some plays off and see what you have in some of these guys. You hope so, right? Losing. You know, yeah. If I mean, if Colorado comes out and runs the ball over this defense, you know, really sound the alarm, right? <laughs> like, and that, that's what we have to wonder because two and two isn't bad for Arizona, no. but of the games on their schedule, like okay, they could win those. Cal was one, and I guess you know that. That clearly didn't happen. Colorado, Arizona's a 17 and a half point favorite. They have to win this game. Like that's almost NAU territory last year in terms of the spread, right? Like Don't I think Arizona was up, like a 26 Adam. or something, but like Arizona has shown improvement and their baseline or what they had to improve from was just, we know how bad it was. So the fact that they look like a competent football team, 80% of the time is just a massive success. And it gets you thinking, Oh, they, they could be something better than a three win team. But then you see like the deficiencies against Cal. You see the struggles they had stopping running against North Dakota State. And you're like, wait, what? And you can make the excuse for like Mississippi State can make the excuse like that's a pretty good offense, the air raid and all that. And Arizona's defense 
hung in there, but they weren't necessarily good. North Dakota State, you say, well, they that's a team that runs the ball. They do a different style than anyone does. Arizona's not used to that, but they made it, got enough stops. Well, if they don't get a couple of fourth and ones or get that sack fumble that Hunter Eccles caused, right, maybe Arizona loses that game. Like, they didn't make enough plays against Cal, but, geez, they never really had much. Like, it never even got to that point, it seemed like. And Cal's not a great offense. Jack Plummer looked solid. He looked really good, but he wasn't doing anything special. Like, we had Rob Hong on, and he told us, like, their receivers are good. Like, they were good, but no one was dominant. They just did what they needed to do because Arizona's defense couldn't stop them. So do you worry that Arizona's defense is that bad? And, yeah, if Colorado scores 30 points on them, then their defense is that bad. But that's what I guess we're going to learn this game is that where Arizona ranks in terms of they're obviously not on Cal's level. They got to be better than Colorado, right? Uh, one one would hope. Uh, I was just looking up some <laughs> scary stats, Adam, um, from the last game. You know who Arizona's leading tackler was on defense last week? Christian Roland Wallace? Isaiah, Isaiah Taylor? Isaiah Taylor, who didn't even start the game, came in for, uh, you know, uh, the injured. Uh, oh, gosh, I'm blanking on the safety. Jackson name. Turner. Jackson Turner, yeah. And he had two solo tackles and seven assisted tackles. You know how many Jerry Roberts had total of solo and assisted? Four. Four. Well, now you're looking at it. You're cheating. <laughs> you're looking like, at it. Well, I, I know, but that takes away from this bit, Adam. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, if the if the free safety who came in partway through the game and I believe is a redshirt freshman is your leading tackler against a mediocre Cal team, that's highly concerning. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, you know, it, they, I, I think uh, Jackson Turner, I think uh, Jed Fish has said is unlikely to play. So you're going to see more of Isaiah Taylor. I hope to God that he is not the leading tackler this week against Colorado, <laughs> because if, if he is, then then I think we know the answer to what the what <laughs> what what's what to expect from this Arizona defense. Say so on the bright side, as bad as the defense was, the offense was good. Delora threw for a career high 401 yards. He had the two interceptions, lost a fumble, but. I don't blame him too much for the interceptions. He is forcing the ball at that point, but he was effective. Michael Wiley continued his strong start to this season at 84 yards on a touchdown on 14 carries. Jonah Coleman was effective. And of course, Jacob Cowling was still unguardable. Dorian Singer had a career 103 yards receiving on eight catches. You know, T-Mac, well, I guess there's two T-Macs. Now, Tetroy McMillan had 59 yards and a touchdown on three catches. And then Tanner McLaughlin, 88 yards on six catches. So the offense was good. The offense needed to be better. I mean, the offense needed to be perfect to win that game based on how the defense was and the offense could not pull that off. But if that continues, if Arizona's offense continues to play well, then yes, they'll, they'll still be in some games because I'd like to think the defense will, will find a way to be slightly better. Most times, most days, you know, like, I mean, it, but Cal is not a good offense and they look just, they had their way with Arizona's defense. So that is concerning, but Brett, you did mention it. Arizona has what should be a get right game coming up. 17 and a half point favorites against Colorado at home on Saturday evening. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk to Jack Barsh of Ralphie Report to get his take on what's gone wrong with the Buffaloes and how this game should go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. We are glad to be joined by Jack Barish of one of the SB Nation sites, Ralphie Report. Jack, you've been on with Wildcat Radio 2.0 before. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, this is my 2.0 appearance. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the return invitation. Yeah, well, the last time we talked, to, I think it was last season, and that game worked out so well for Arizona, losing 34-0 to Colorado. And I remember that one. It's like, wow, neither of these teams are any good, but Colorado just Oh, geez. Like I, <laughs> like I know Arizona fans are trying to wipe most of the half of 2020 to 2021 out of their memories, but that Colorado team on that day was 34 points better than Arizona. On this day, they're projected to be 17 and a half points worse. I, what happened to Colorado between last season and this season? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, a lot of good questions. So um, let's start on the player side. There was a lot of good young talent on that last year's Colorado team. You might remember running back Jared Broussard that did pretty well against the Wildcats for two straight years. Um, Brendan Rice was on that team. Um, there's a young quarterback, cornerback named Christian Gonzalez that did well. Um, those are those are all pretty good, exciting pieces, and all of them left at the end of the season. <laughs> so Colorado, I think, was third in the country for most departing transfers. Um, I think Indiana was number one, but Colorado lost 25 scholarship players in the transfer portal um, from last year to this year. That also lost the transfer portal was the offensive coordinator, Dan Gimarini, from 2021. If you remember, uh, he was not good. That was not a bad loss in the transfer portal, but that was a huge change. Um, so in the end, you have a lot of a lot of changes in the offensive side of the ball, most of them poor. Um and if you look at 2022 now, we are looking at a, a new offensive coordinator that isn't necessarily exciting um, with a lot of talent, uh, a lack of talent, a lot of different parts of the, the offense. So what changed from last year to this year? Um, I would just say you got a mass exodus of the talent without an infusion to match it um, with similar coaching problems. And with that, you you are left with an 0-14. So I, I, I guess from an... From your perspective uh, as a Colorado fan, I know you, we were talking off uh, off the air a little bit. You've watched a little bit of Arizona football so far. You know, to Adam's point, it was a 34-point, I think, <laughs> uh, blowout last year, 17.5-point favorite here. Is is the, is it as much uh, Colorado what Colorado has lost, or is it as much Arizona has gained in that 17.5-point line that you're seeing from your perspective? Uh, Arizona's a way better team this year, in my mind. Um, so that's definitely a huge part of it. I'm sure, I mean, you obviously know that way more than I do. Um, but, you know, it's, it's <laughs> we're once again, also talking off air, the quarterback situation alone is worth a decent amount of points um, for Arizona's side. So that's a great help. Jaden Delora is, I think, the best quarterback on, on either team's roster by a significant margin. So um, that's a huge plus. And yeah, I, Colorado definitely has regressed and Arizona has progressed. Um, and I guess looking at it, I think absolutely by, I, I'm not good at math. What is that? 50 points. I, that makes total sense to me. Um, yeah. The, the amount of talent Arizona has added um, combined with the amount of talent that Colorado has lost is a pretty big uh, margin. And I would take Arizona's coaching staff overseas coaching staff pretty, pretty easily. Um, so yeah, I, the, I, I think it's a combo. Well, don't forget to adjust the three points for home. <laughs> um, That's right. But uh, yeah, I know, I know Colorado's there. 
midseason they've also been changing uh you know i think there's there's been multiple quarterbacks being played and i think there's a new starter for announced for saturday can you talk a little bit about the quarterback position for colorado Yep. So um, at the beginning of the year, Brendan Lewis was the quarterback. Brendan Lewis was the starting quarterback for all of last year. I actually thought, given what he was working with last year, he did a pretty good job. He was a, he was a redshirt freshman. Um, there was no offensive line in front of him, and he's kind of a dual threat option. He has really good legs, but he's still developing on the passing side of the ball, which for a quarterback, turns out, is kind of important. Um, so... <laughs> This year, we have not seen that progression on the offense, on the passing side of things. So, um, CU tried JT Shrout, who was hurt all of last year. It's a Tennessee transfer, big arm, your classic like California John Elway style quarterback, just six five, like running around out there, just chucking things down the field. Um, you know, the way that went is he, he showed some flashes against TCU in tough spots. Started against Air Force the next week and went five for twenty one. So, um, whoops, not there either. You're left with Owen McCown, um, who is the true freshman. He's the son of NFL journeyman Josh McCown. You might recognize that name. He's around the league for like 20-some years or something. Um, and, yeah, McCown is a, a pretty classic Texas gunslinger from what we've seen so far. Really skinny, like really small. You can see he's a true freshman, but has no fear. Will absolutely chuck it anywhere. There's no window too small. Um, and he actually moved the ball somewhat um, against – uh, UCLA last week, which was a huge improvement. Um, he was also the leading passer against Minnesota with his one drive of 52 yards in garbage <laughs> time. So that leaves you, that tells you where Sorry. CU is in the quarterback <laughs> position. Yes. Arizona can obviously, Arizona fans listening to this can relate, you know, especially like last season, we were talking yeah. how when Jordan McLeod came in against Oregon and throws five interceptions and Arizona fans like that dude's amazing. He should be the starting quarterback. Like you take what you can get. <laughs> And when the yeah. offense is so bad, just being able to move the ball, if you're not scoring points, moving the ball, getting some first downs, you feel good about that. With someone like Owen McCown being a true freshman, I imagine the hope is that he would get better from week to week, especially as a starter when he's getting those first team reps. But at the same time, there'll be more film of him too. People start to get an idea of what he's good at, what he's not so good at. I mean, a true freshman for this team, does he have much supporting cast around him? Because true freshman can succeed. Arizona has a true freshman. A lot of people think could be pretty good known for Theta, but there's skill position talent. There's guys who can help him. Does Owen McCown have anyone at the skill position? Anyone he can lean on was like, okay, he's a true freshman, but these guys could help lift him up. Yeah, well, if I recall correctly, Arizona also has another true freshman at the skill position that uh, seems to be doing pretty well. I was stolen from Oregon. Um, yeah, that guy's pretty good. Um, on Colorado's end, the answer is, uh, I, I would say, I guess, a resounding no. The offensive line is a better version of last year's line, which isn't saying much, but it is improved. Um, past that, a, a combination of injuries, and like I was talking about, the talent exodus, especially at the wide receiver position, has left him with, I would say, shaky options at best. Um, so Brady Russell's a sixth-year tight end who's been, like I said, around forever, six years. Um, but he's doubtful, I think, or questionable for this game. And past that, you see a bunch of wide receivers that have been around but haven't done too much. Daniel Arias has all the physical tools but just for some reason can't get open consistently and has had drops. Um, I would say the best wide receiver on the team is Montana Lemonius Craig. It's an all-name candidate. Um, he is pretty good, also young, but still – um, has not really been able to break free consistently. Um, and, and then joining him in the backfield is a, is a running back room that's 
I don't know. It's a really weird room. So Jarek Broussard left for Michigan State, uh, the, the running back for the past two years. Alex Fontenot has, has stayed around, and he's an average Pac-12 back, which is above average for CU um, right now. And But he's hurt and um, probably not playing in this game. Deion Smith is with him, who is also, like, okay. I don't know. It's You give him some room, he's going to give you some yards, but it's hard for him to make yards, which is what CU needs right now. And <laughs> so then past that, you got a walk-on running back who started last week against UCLA, Charlie Offerdahl. Um, and then you have a true freshman, Anthony Hankerson, who's just coming back from an injury. So um, it's not a deep running back room. The tight end, like I said, the starting tight end is is injured and is not a guy that's going to take over a game. And you have no really game breaker wide receivers. So to answer your question, does Owen McCown have anyone has anyone have anyone to lean on? The answer is no. Um, but better than last year, slightly. So you know, there's your answer. <laughs> not happy, but there's your answer. Now, I should let our our listeners know that Jack Barcher he's not drinking yet. It looks like too. So like <laughs> like listen to him. Like I feel like I. I I want Arizona to win this game by 40, but I would almost kind of feel bad for Jack in that because, like, we've been here before, right? And, like, last season, Arizona was not good. <laughs> like, they won a game, and a lot of people wanted to put an asterisk by it because it was the COVID game against Cal. And, of course, Cal kind of avenged that loss last week. But I wonder, because, like, people gave Jed Fish the benefit of the doubt. It was year one of Jed Fish. Yep. Carl Durrell, this isn't his first season. This isn't his second season. I know he had the pandemic season after Mel Tucker left and everything. Mm-hmm. But a few years ago, Cal- or Colorado fans were, I mean, they thought their team was good. I know Brett got some crap on the Wildcat Radio AZ mm-hmm. Twitter handle because kind of doubting Colorado. But that was a decent team. Was this simply a matter of mm-hmm. losing Mel Tucker and then everything fell apart? Because like you talked about the exodus, but what happened to this program that just a few years ago was not great, not not even good, but it was fine. And now they're like the way you're talking, they're just the cupboard is so bare where it's almost depressing. <laughs> yeah, you can drop that almost, man. Um, <laughs> so, oh man, I, this could be, you know, two hours, but yeah, Carl Durrell's first year was um, pretty good. You know, see, so you went four and two. COVID was weird, but you went to the Alamo Bowl and they didn't look. Even if it was a weird year, it didn't look like it does now. Um, So, yeah, that's the reigning, I guess, the two-time Pac-12 coach of the year, Carl Durrell, um, has definitely lost his luster. There's a lot of things that go into that. So I would say, yeah, number one, Mel Tucker leaving when he did. It's not necessarily that Mel Tucker left. People forget he went 5-7 and at CU. Um, CU spent the previous three years going 5-7. and So it's not like he was doing crazy things. He recruited pretty well at the highest level of talent. Like he got a, a, a lot of higher level talent, but a lot of that left Boulder even before this year. So it's not like it's not like he left the cupboards bare. Um, what's happened, I guess, is is yeah, Carl Durrell has come in, and the the amount of talent he's able to bring in at least immediately to replace that that has left has just not been there. Um, he's not recruiting terribly, but it's just not enough. And the transfers have not come in the way that CU needs them to. So, you know, I'm sure you you know this, but Arizona rebuilt pretty quickly through a lot of the transfer portal. Like it's, it's and and another great example is Kansas, right? Kansas is four and zero this year, and Lance Leipold has done a lot of work um, the past few years to making sure that it's not just like the top end talent, just making sure that there's power five level depth in a lot of spots, and like that's really important. And that's something that CU just doesn't have. Um, 
whether that's just because the people that have developed have have left before they've reached their potential and the freshmen have not come in in time or you know the transfers that have come in have not panned out it's just there just isn't um a a glut of like you know experienced talent this is the second year running now that cu is the youngest team in the conference and you should never be the youngest team in the conference two years in a row right that it, it speaks to people growing in their role and then leaving when they're valuable <laughs> the programs, which is not what you want. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not in a good spot. And um, I would say it's in a pretty bad spot um, just for the, a, a confluence of factors. Yeah. So he started out with the good amount of talent and I think he was actually a good pick for the COVID year. He's definitely a stable guy. He's not going to be crazy. Um, and for a year like that, that was really important. I think it's just good to have a guy who's like, you know, pretty consistent in what he does. Um, and we saw that derail other seasons, like LSU season was just insane. Um, and and Edo, I'm sure, did not help with that. But um, in the end, you're left with not a lot of talent and a coach that I am not convinced can maximize the talent that is there, um, working with schemes that are outdated. And and that leads to blowouts and no enforced start and all that, all this fun stuff. Um, so you got me ranting. But the silver lining is it is now so unavoidable that – a system systemic change has to be made um, that we're going to have a fun off season. It's, it's funny. I feel like we're looking back into our past <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> um, and uh, the, I'm, I'm inspired to, uh, you know, it's Colorado. We have a problem and I want to paraphrase a line from Apollo 13, Jack, you know, what do you got in the football program? That's good. <laughs> Um, so McCown's intriguing at the very least. It's good to have a freshman quarterback that uh, is better than the rest of the quarterbacks or bad, depending on your, um, you know, outlook. But I think he's intriguing. Um, I think there are some members of the staff that are at, at the very least power, power five level um, that you can keep around. Um, and I do think that this freshman class is actually, like I was saying, like, I think he's not recruiting terribly. So like in the last 10 years, Colorado has been, you know, 10th to 12th, 10th through 12th in the recruiting rankings a lot for the conference. Um, Carl Durrell's like a step above that recruiting. Um, a lot of that's high school recruiting, but he's, you know, we're finishing like 7th, 8th, ninth in the past few years, which is, you know, better than what's been here. So I, I think that's okay. Um, I think there's a lot of decent talent, young talent along the lines. Um, but you know, the problem with defensive and offensive lines is you need grown men there. Um, like even if they're young, it's hard for them to be good right away. Um, which, which is what we're looking at. So if I had to say, I would say that CU has the potential to have a, a pretty good quarterback in the next few years with pretty good lines around him, which is, um, you know, a good building block for, uh, if I had my druthers, someone else. (laughs) (laughs) So it, with with that in mind, and to help um, to help contextualize for Adam and I and our and our Wildcat Radio 2.0 fans, who wins last year's Arizona Wildcats or this year's Colorado Buffaloes on a neutral site? That's a great point. That's a great question. Um, I think it depends on when you play last year's Arizona team. Um, you mentioned last year's game in Boulder. I was at that game too. Um, and I hope this is not offensive. I don't know if I've ever seen worse quarterback play from a team. I hope you haven't. I hope you haven't seen <laughs> well, worse quarterback like play. I said, 50, 52 yards was a leading passer against Minnesota. Uh, and that was in one drive. So I, I've seen some pretty bad stuff this year. Um, it's a, definitely a race at the bottom there. So if I'm playing 
that version of Arizona, ah, that's 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 a really gross, close game. Um, <laughs> it's a really it's a it's a awful football version of Would You Rather? Would you rather be last yeah. year's Arizona or this year's Colorado? Yeah, exactly. Jeez, um, I I I don't know. I'd probably give it to this year's. Colorado team last year's Arizona team it was just really hard that was just like like I like I was saying it, it just looked like there was a lot you could see that Jed Fish was why he went to the transfer portal so readily um and why this the freshman class was so big too like there's a reason um I think I'd give it to this year's Colorado team and I, I guess what I'll say is yes CU has only gotten cl- closer than 25 I guess we haven't gotten as close to 25 points this year they've all been blowouts but CU is also playing probably a top 10 difficult schedule in the country this year. Um, Minnesota is really good, and we had to travel to Minnesota this year. Um, Air Force is, might win the Mountain West. They're a pretty good team, and that was also at Air Force. Not an excuse, but, you know, it's not like it's a FCS team. Um, and then TCU is, is looks like they're going to compete in a pretty good Big 12. So all of those are good teams and UCLA, I guess is, you know, undefeated ish. Um, how are we going to cut that South Alabama game? That was, that was gross, but CU's getting blown out by good teams, which makes them a bad team, but I don't think it's, it's like 2012 CU bad. I don't know if you guys were around for that, but you know, Kadeem Carey still has the opposing rushing record against CU because of how bad CU was that year. Arizona's so. players have a tendency to have good running days against Colorado historically. <laughs> right. um, so Kadeem Carey, Khalil Tate, of course, I, Obviously, I was going to say, like, you go down the, the record here for Colorado. Not only are they 0-4, but they haven't been competitive in any of those games. It's a 17.5-point spread. It's the first time Arizona's favored in I don't know how many years, actually. You know, and for a while, Arizona's yeah. last win, you know, before the Cal game last year was the Colorado game in 2019 when Khalil Tate yeah. had his last really good college game as a passer. When you look at Colorado, maybe you don't know how this version of Colorado wins a football game because you haven't seen it yet. But how does Colorado win Saturday? How does Colorado come into Tucson, like come to Arizona Stadium, and beat the Wildcats? Um, it's a good question. So, I think the offense will is not won't be good, but I think the offense um, will be better. The second week under McCown, he did he moved the ball somewhat against UCLA, which is a good sign. Uh, a lot of those drives just ended terribly, um, but. You know that's a that's a start, um, something you can build off of. I like I said, I think the offensive line is better than it was last year. So um, from what I gathered, Arizona's defensive line still is not quite where they want it to be, um, and, and people have been able to run a little bit on Arizona a little bit this year. Um, so I, that's, a little bit, yeah, just a little. <laughs> um, that's a start, and then defensively is where CU's just completely fallen apart this year. Um, I don't know. Something is just not right with the linebacking unit. So if they make major changes there and, and those work, there's a possibility that that CU gets up early. And honestly, like that has not happened this year, really. Um, so just the confidence there might carry them out. I don't know. I, I still think Arizona at 17 points feels totally right. But um, if McCown can just ball out and the defense doesn't hold Arizona to no points, like on three to four drives, this might be a close game. Okay, so that's how Colorado stays in this game and how Colorado wins this game. We ask all our guests to give us a prediction here on Wildcat Radio 2. I saw your prediction on AZ Desert Swarm. You didn't give you didn't give a score for azdesertswarm.com, but you did kind of give a feeling for how this will go. Jack Barshall, Ralphie Report, 
Colorado at Arizona Saturday night. What happens? Uh, thank God it's a night game. This is the, I'm assuming this is the Pac-12 Network, correct? Yeah, yeah. So not everyone will be able to watch this. Yeah, yeah. this would be this would be not safe for fans. The national networks did not pick this one up. I don't know why ESPN <laughs> decided not to choose Colorado, Arizona, but they they made that decision, and we're all just gonna have to live with it. Um. Yeah, I would say Saturday night we're gonna we're gonna be looking at Arizona going up. Uh, I'll say ten points at halftime. Um. I'm looking at the, I'm looking for the total right now, and I'm not seeing a total point spread. But I would say let's go twenty to ten at halftime. Steve's going to do the customary seven points against the backups in the fourth quarter. Uh, so then Arizona wins. Let's let's go forty five seventeen. Right, thirty five. Let's go thirty five seventeen. I'll give it. I'll give him a cover. I like how you have Arizona playing their backups in this game. That hasn't happened yet this season. Well, once again, CU's a get-right game, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure even Arizona dip, or Air Force dipped into the backups, so you'll see them. I prefer 45-17 for what it's worth. <laughs> I was going to go that far, but I was thinking, I don't know. They might just slow the game down, and we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see. But whew, I'm not expecting a win. That's that's for sure. Um, uh, and I'm, I've already moved on to hot board season. That's, that's where I'm at mentally. Hey, that's where the page views are. You know, right. people That's love a right. good hot board. So you're in good shape there for Ralphie Report. <laughs> Jack Barsh writes about Colorado for Ralphie Report. You can find him on Twitter at Jack Barsh. We appreciate the time and you joining us again this season. Hopefully it's, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't even a competitive game last season. So I can't say I hope for a competitive game this year. I hope for like the inverse of what happened last season in Arizona's favor. But Jack, for your sake, I just, I hope it goes quickly. <laughs> well, uh, before we leave, I guess I have a question for you both. This is going to be exciting for me. There are probably, I would say, only two Pac-12 teams that are going to have an opening uh, at head coach this year. One of them already fired their head coach. Um, term Edwards, obviously. The other one, I'm hoping, um, will be Colorado opening up at some point in the near future. Uh, how do, who do you see both those programs hiring? Have you take you know kept tabs on Arizona State's? Search. What do you What are you thinking is going to happen in next year's matchup? Ooh. Well, obviously Colorado is going to hire a Herm Edwards and start a new leadership model. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I would say I think ASU gets Danny Gonzalez, their old defensive coordinator, who I think is at like New Mexico right now. He is at New Mexico. Um, I I think he's a good fit for them, and I imagine Colorado needs to go like a similar route. Like I think both of those programs probably need the up and comer. Not the retread, not the guy who's done this and been fired a couple of times, whatever. Just go for the coach who, kind of like Arizona, was a bit of an unknown even. Maybe he'd go less unknown than Jed Fish was, but I would think both those programs would do well to hire a younger coach who's hungry to try to make that their spot. Whereas, you know, previously, you know, kind of like what Darrell would have been, right? Like that idea. But that's kind of what I think for both of those programs. But the names, I only got one for Asian. I think it's Danny Gonzalez. See, I'll, I'll, disagree i think asu's looming sanctions and complete lack of recruiting classes before sanctions even arrived mean you're gonna have to go even younger and less established and maybe kenny that's, dillingham that's that's where i was going yeah. i think wow. i think, I think kenny, that'd be interesting though i think kenny dillingham is young enough and unproven enough and he would walk to a head coaching job at asu he's like from the phoenix area i'm pretty sure he'd probably take it, colorado too if they offered it to him. that dude wants to be a head coach yeah that, that's where I that's where I put my money. Kenny Dillingham is an interesting option. Yeah, I've I've <laughs> the thing I've seen most with Arizona State too is the the Brian Harson 
fired from Auburn, hired at ASU, snip snap right away, which would be uh, some, a, a choice. Well, you got to look at the Ray Anderson agent tree. Like, who has he represented in the past? Because <laughs> right. that'll probably get you their right. next their next coach. So, but is we'll watch that. Like, we're excited. <laughs> like, we're excited though because Arizona football is relevant at least for another week. You know, this was the last game that Arizona will probably be favored up until maybe the ASU game. Hopefully, the ASU game. And of course, then both of us, all of us, can look forward to basketball season. I think like we're all, you know, so there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully for you, Jack, after this week's game. And, <laughs> you know, hopefully the light for us is still this week's game. That's well, and, you, and you'll have optimism when urban Meyer takes the CU coaching job. Oh boy. Don't, <laughs> that's not, that's not, uh, put that in the universe. Quite yet. <laughs> wow. I'm not that talk about clicks. That would be a farm. Then he's <laughs> yeah. like, just type up the headline, hit publish. And, yeah, you stretch out, you call it a night because you are good. Well, Jack Barsh, Rafa <laughs> Report, we appreciate the time here on Wildcat Radio 2.0. We'll catch up with you down the road. That's right. Thanks for having me. All right. And when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts on this game that, geez, Arizona should win. Welcome back. And thanks again to Jack Barsh for making me feel better about Arizona football, even how it was last season. And Brett, it's, oh, man, I Love talking to Jack because he's realistic and I get where he's coming from because we were kind of there the last, you know, couple of years. But to hear him say Colorado is just awful in a way that maybe even Arizona wasn't last season. Yeah, I mean, I I think I um I think Arizona's team last year, even with the healthy Jordan McLeod wins that game. <laughs> Right, like at Colorado, um, yeah, yeah, and not, and it was such Doesn't a lose thirty-four nothing. No, um, <laughs> I forgot which, it was thirty-four nothing. I really don't. Like, oh, Arizona scored a couple of points, right? Nope, they did not. <laughs> nope, they got to the one, Adam. <laughs> First and goal from the one, and could not punch it in. Time to go shotgun. Um, <laughs> not that at least I got over that. <laughs> um, no, it's. I mean, it's funny because, like, I joke because it's like it's like looking into our past a little bit um, because they're just a complete disaster but you know who who are we to uh, uh assume as arizona fans after winning one game in two years and now we've doubled that total so far this year uh you know you gotta you gotta think arizona should be able to come into this game and do well but my god don't make this a colorado trap game right well that's where one thing i do think is that losing to cal last week probably helped assure that that will not happen because if arizona comes into this game at what three and one coming off a road win at Cal. They're already won a couple of road games. They might come in thinking, Oh yeah, we can walk all over this team. Whereas you lose the Cal game, especially the way the defense played and the offense finished. I would imagine they're not going to overlook Colorado. I know Jed fish said this is like a two desperate teams and we'll see, you know how that works, but like, yeah, losing to Cal, losing to Cal last week. I think you can assume that Arizona is desperate coming to this one, the same yeah. way Colorado is one, one would hope. And I hope, I mean, I, I say this with all love for Colorado fans who obviously love me from past Twitter interactions. Well, they're big fans of Wildcat Radio. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know, I, I don't want, just want Arizona to beat them at home. I want them to destroy them kind of thing, right? Like They, need they to haven't take seen Arizona up. destroy anyone in a long time. I guess San and, Diego State, they kind of destroyed. Actually, I mean, they kind of did. Yeah. yeah but like Not at I, home. You know, the, there, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, there's rumored to be a lot of good, big uh, recruits coming to visit. It'd be nice to have a, a crowd be excited about a, a, a big win, not just an exciting win, like a big blowout one. Yeah. Um. You know, 
you, what you don't want is, oops, you gave up an 80-yard run to Colorado and you're down 7-0 <laughs> and the collective air goes out of the stadium. I mean, that even happened, I think, at the North Dakota State game. You were there with me when the snap went, uh, went uh, got dropped and it was yeah. like, oh, and no. Like a second play of the game. It's like, oh, boy, here we go. And and no, I don't think there is a, definitely an energy in that stadium of, oh, God, how are they going to lose this game? No, it'd be um, nice to be up 21-3 at halftime or 28-7, to you know, just have one of those like, yeah, you're cruising. And obviously you can't rest on laurels. But this, you mentioned it before that this seems like a get-right game. And, and I get it, like Colorado coming in with Owen McCown, the true freshman, kind of a spark at quarterback. But now there's some film on him, hopefully. You know, it's kind of like when Arizona brought in Jordan McLeod and he was comp and you're like, whoa, this changes everything. Well, competency yeah. doesn't equal like, quality. It just means not the worst one on your roster, and maybe have a chance to move the ball a little bit. Arizona's the better team, especially offensively. And like talking to Jack, what Colorado's lost from there, like Colorado's defense is not that good. Their offense is not any good. Arizona at least has a strong offense. So like just matchup-wise, Arizona's defense is bad. But yeah, they should find better success against Colorado. But Arizona's offense should have great... If they were successful against Cal, who is ostensibly a better defense than what Colorado has, then they should have their way Saturday, both on the ground and through the air. Like this should be, if not a just monumental blowout, a comfortable victory for Arizona. I, I agree. And I think even beyond just being a get right game, it's, you know, targeting back to what we were talking about, you know, to put a bow on the Cal game and the, the fatigue that you saw maybe in the defense there. Um, well, they know. took the Cal game off, so they should be well rested for this one. Well, the, there's there's a chance to put in some of these guys that you need, you know, maybe the coaching staff doesn't fully trust, or maybe Jed Fish is doing the NFL model of a 53 man roster where you don't rotate as deeply, and maybe that's an adjustment he needs to make, and he needs to trust some guys, or just say, hey, I need to get, you know, it, it, it's not just on defense too. Like we haven't seen a lot of Kevin Green or AJ Jones. Like maybe yeah. there's a chance to see those guys get some snaps and keep them engaged and see what you have there. Keon Burnett as well, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, but like especially on the defensive side, like you know, I expect to see a lot of the, you know, you know, maybe it's an Amon Amon Allen game, right? Um, maybe there's some some of the guys in the secondary that they that they work in, uh, and you know, practice reps are are great and all, but like nothing beats going against uh, live competition, even if it is as bad as Jack says, right? <laughs> um, I mean, it's still they're still technically a Pac-12 team. Similar to how Arizona was. And we saw last year, Arizona, how much did we, how many times did we praise that they played hard? Like, they weren't necessarily blown out. They were in the fourth quarter games. Now, granted, that was with a brand-new coach who was getting the most out of his players, whereas Carl Durrell, it sounds like, might be coaching his last game for Colorado this Saturday. But, yeah, this certainly has, and that's I guess that's a scary thing because Arizona hasn't been in this position in a long time. Like, I mean, I guess NAU, they were a heavy favorite. But this is different, right? This isn't Arizona trying to end a huge losing streak against an FCS team. This is Arizona, who's won a couple of games against decent teams this season already, has shown an ability that should translate to wins. It should, in a game yeah. like this especially. Yeah, and, and it should translate to a comfortable win, right? Well, if, what, do you, what do you think? What's your prediction? Because, like, we need to get back on a winning streak here where, you know. I'm going to, I am going to go, I think, I think Arizona's offense is going to get to do whatever they want. Um, the real question is how many points is Colorado going to score? And, you know, it both early and late, I feel like Arizona will win the middle quarters because there, there, there'll, there'll be a real reality check if they're, if they're taking Colorado too lightly, either ending the first half or coming out in the second half. Um, 
So I'm going to go with 45 to 14 Arizona. So I'm going to okay. have winning and covering comfortably. I got 37-17 Arizona. A little bit less faith, I guess, in the entire team than you do. <laughs> but maybe it's maybe I'll just say Arizona's going to run the ball and drain some clock, too. They're not going to be. And they really haven't had a lot of quick drives this season either. Like Arizona, they're methodical, which is kind of nice. They get first downs. They move the chains. You know, they're not the they're not relying on the 65 yard runner pass to score touchdowns like they've actually been respectable in the red zone. You know, like it's. But yeah, I think for Arizona, for the fans, like it was nice seeing a win a couple of weeks ago in North Dakota State, but it'd be be satisfying to see. And it's not like Colorado's a real rival, not other than at Wildcat Radio AZ and then in basketball, sure. But in football, it's just kind of like that was the school that Arizona always beat. So, you know, it would yeah. be some redemption for last. Kind of how I guess Cal maybe felt there was some redemption last week for what happened last season. Like they lost a game that they feel like they should have won if they were healthy. Arizona might be looking at this game and saying, you know what? 34 nothing was not at all how that game should have gone. This yeah. is a chance to kind of get right within its different players. Sure. But for the program, if anyone who was there in Colorado and Boulder last season for that game, when it was six, nothing at halftime, it should have been seven, six Arizona going to the half. Like maybe there is a little bit of a, all right, let's let's take this out on Colorado for you know the way they embarrassed us last season. Let's return the favor this year. Well, and even take them while the they're guys, down. Even for the guys that are new, I think they're going to come out and play angry after the way that Cal game went. Yeah. Right, that's what so I think like, too. Like losing to Cal like that could help them for this one. The old uh, it was a good thing they lost argument. Definitely not <laughs> saying that, but like like yeah, if there was ever. If, if there was any chance of them overlooking Colorado, I think that went away when they got their asses kicked by Cal. Yeah, no, I, I agree with it. And like, and you know, to be honest, I'm pretty sure when we made our season predictions, I, I picked the Cal win, but I, and, and I think we talked through all the games, but I believe I also said there was going to, they were going to lose one. They should have won and they're going to win one. They should have lost. And I kind of, I think I even named Cal as that one that they'd probably lose. So, but that was one come. that they should, that was one they should have won. Yes. I don't think you're going to say a Pac-12 a Pac-12 road game is a should have won game. I think I don't think Cal's that good. Oh, I don't either. But it's a road game in the Pac-12. Like, well, that, it's, it's hard to say. I thought Arizona was going to win, but I wouldn't say it's a should have won. That would have been that's rough. I think their should have won is a game like Saturdays. I'm, well, I'm I'm more saying when I'm looking at based on the preseason, looking at the entire schedule, not in the context of the of the the week preview, right? Okay. Okay. So speaking like, of hot takes, well, and I'm I'm pretty sure like the ones that they should lose is like is like UCLA, but I think that's a winnable game, right? UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington, those are all should loses. <laughs> well, some of those are more should lose than others. <laughs> should or lose and shouldest lose. <laughs> should 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 or shouldest. <laughs> Shouldestistist. Like we just go down the list of that. Oh, well, hopefully Arizona at least gets the win against Colorado because with the way the schedule shapes up, it could be their last for a while. Um, because obviously after that is versus Oregon at Washington versus USC at Utah at UCLA. Like that is a brutal stretch of a lot of games that Arizona should, shoulder, shouldest, or shouldestist lose. So, you know, maybe also, there's one in that mix that they can win, that they'll steal. Also, I may ruin the Washington game even further uh, uh, to continue my tradition of traveling for long games. My wife has expressed interest in going to that game in Seattle, which definitely guarantees it's going to be a 60 Whoa. point blowout. But it'll, yeah, won't would... be, it, it won't be no, late November in Pullman weather like it normally is for me. If you go, I hope it snows just because for tradition's sake. 
Brett, before I, we wrap up here, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Arizona basketball, men's basketball. Their new uniforms dropped this week, and they were teased as going a little bit of a retro style. I like them. I really do. I, b- I believe the word is clean. Is that what people say? Their, their drip is fresh? Sure. <laughs> for, for, for shizzle. Hello. <laughs> Greetings, fellow young people. <laughs> But like, I, I think that the biggest complaints I've seen are people say they look like Gonzaga, which ignores the fact that Arizona had that style first. But like when you have red, white, and blue, if you go basic, you don't go super, you don't do gradient or some garbage like they had. There's only so many different combinations you can make. And I think these look good. These look like Arizona uniforms, right? Like they, yeah. they kind of have that reminiscent of the 80s, the Steve Kerr era and the Sean Elliott. And a little bit with, you know, you got the cats on the side. It's horizontal, if not vertical. But Arizona across that just looks like I'm excited to see this on the court because that's when you really get a feel for uniforms when they're playing in them. But I just I have no complaints about these uniforms on their own. None. Yeah, I you know, are they I I don't know if I'd call them perfect, but I really like them. I'd give them a solid A minus, which is, uh, you know, grading on a gradient. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um. I don't have an end to that punchline because the front end of that was the punchline because the gradients were awful. They were. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they look great. I really like, I actually really like the blue ones. And and, and supposedly there's going to be a red one maybe that comes out later. Um, and also, you know, maybe a side point. I, I was going to text you about this, but I noticed it and it piqued my interest. Adama Ball in those photos looks tall AF, even when he's yeah. standing next to a Marbalo. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> That's I'm a ball breakout season, right? Like, <laughs> so I know the red and blue game is actually this Friday. Is there is thirtieth? So we get our first look at this team in their new uniforms on the floor, and it's going to be really interesting because obviously we're going to get into more basketball, men's basketball, and women's basketball as those seasons start to get here. But you know, for this men's team, they lost a lot. <laughs> you know, they lost Ben Matt, and they lost Christian Coloco, they lost Dalen Terry, three starters. And, of course, Justin Kyrie, who started when Kirk Carissa was out. So they should still be good, but it's kind of like last year. We don't know. Does Adama Ball take a step forward and become a guy? I figured he's going to be a six-man because Pell Larson steps into the starting lineup. But what do you get out of Adama Ball? What does Umar Balo now, who surprised last season with how effective he was, does he take a step forward? Does he take the Coloco step forward? You know, and, of course, Courtney Ramey and some of the transfers they brought in. Like, and, of course, Zulus Tubelis coming back. He's got some question marks, but we know how good he can be. And then Kirk Carissa as well, like healthy as a junior. I'm excited to see him play. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think in one key way, I think this team is going to be similar to last year. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of unknowns and, and, you know, Visar and Philippe, I think are probably going to be better than, you know, like th- those zero guys are always kind of like, I think they'll be good, but you never really know until you mm-hmm. see it on the court. Uh, I think, um, <laughs> you know, Trust in Tommy, especially when it comes to identifying international talent that's good uh, and exceeds expectations, um, which kind of leads me into my my second my second point, which is how it'll be different. I don't know, and I don't think necessarily that there's the star power that last year's team had. Mainly, like a Ben Matherin is you know a lottery type talent, um, mm-hmm. and that's really hard to uh, replace or to expect somebody to take that big of a leap in a year. And I'm not sure you can expect the true freshman Euro guys to come in and be that kind of level. Um, you know, I think 
you know, I'm and, and if Adama Ball is the sixth man, you know, is that a star power uh, just based on his potential? Probably not. Uh, but I think he's going to be intriguing to watch. I think if Arizona is going to have a star, it's going to have to be Azulis Tabellis. Or Pella uh, Larson, I think, could be a star. I, I'm not sure he has the raw athleticism to be the guy that carries the team. I think he's just really good at everything, right? I think Azulis Tabellis, another year older against another year younger, for the most part, like <laughs> talent coming in, uh, because, you know, that's how you know Division One basketball is. It's a lot of freshmen and sophomores playing. You know, he, he kind of got out physical at some points last year. And if he kind of learns from last year, grows mentally tougher and physically tougher, I think he, if if he becomes this, you know, a Pac-12 all-conference guy and potential player of the year, combined with all this, these other guys in the development, I'm excited to see out of Kirk Carissa. I think Courtney Ramey is going to be a really big value add. Uh, CJ Henderson, I think, is going to be a low-key great addition. Um, it's going to be a really balanced team. And if, if Visar... Uh, hitting threes as a seven footer clears this room for Azulis Tabellis on the court at the same time, who's more of a face up forward. You can see how they can really play off of each other. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. I don't know if there's a star. I don't know if there's a lottery pick on this team, but by the end of the season, I think they're going to be much higher rated than they are going into it. All right. Like I said, we're going to preview Arizona men's basketball down the road. We'll see if Brett changes his mind on any of that, because <laughs> that was a pretty solid preview for here before the red and blue game. <laughs> well, We'll know more by seeing who uh, ridiculously outperforms expectations in the red-blue game, and we have <laughs> yeah, other on it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. Well, Brett, I think that about does it. Of course, there's schedules that came out for basketball, for softball, and, you know, we'll get into all of that down the road. But again, Arizona, Colorado, football. Football season's still here. We're not going to wait till basketball. Football's fun this season. They're going to have some competitive, interesting games, and one of them is, of course, this Saturday against Colorado. 6.30 Arizona time. That game's on Pac-12 Network, so some people will be able to watch it if they want to. Um, otherwise, you know, you can follow us on Wildcat Radio AZ Twitter handle for all the news and notes and some of the commentary in the games. Um, of course, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. If you find us on iTunes, make sure you subscribe on both. But on iTunes, you can leave us a rating and a review. We will read that review on the air. But otherwise, hopefully, Brett, we're talking about a football win next week. Because if we're not, oy, like, I'd hate to see how that would happen. You know, even talking to Jack Barsh, thanks again to him. Like it doesn't sound like he has any optimism for Colorado on this win. I hope he's right to not have optimism because like this would be a bad loss. I hope we do Jack a favor by getting Carl Durrell fired. Yeah. Yeah. You're, so. you're welcome in advance, Jack. <laughs> so that'll do it. Once again, thank you everyone for listening. We'll catch you next week. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.